Good morning and welcome back to Corinth in Your Car. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm here with Luke and Adam, and we're excited to be here. We're excited you're with us. Tuning in in your car, on your walk, wherever you may be. Thanks for joining us if you have been with us. Hey guys, for a year now, do you realize that when this comes out Monday, it'll be one year since the first one uh, came out, Corinth in Your Car. Wow. Happy wow. birthday. Happy birthday. So, your car is one year old. Let's throw a completely pointless birthday party. So are we walking? Are we walking yet? Like if you're thinking about a, you know, a a, a one-year-old, are we walking? Are we more pulling up or crawling or what are we doing? Mm. Uh, We're, I think, I think crawling, getting close to walking. Getting close to walking. Have we learned our first words yet? Are we driving yet? Since we're in a car. (laughs) In a car. Maybe one of those uh, toddler cars you'd use only like Flintstones, you know, use your feet. (laughs) Big wheel. Little tykes. Big wheel. Red and yellow thing. Hey, it's been a good year. I mean, it, it's kind of flown by, been kind of kind of wild, but um, yeah, here we are, a year later. So uh, keep liking and sharing and telling us what you need more of when uh, we're talking about leadership and life and all that kind of stuff. But we're excited to be back. Uh, kind of our rhythm we've fallen into is just some check-ins, a sermon sermon uh, recap from Sunday, and then a little bit of fun at the end. So let's do that. Check in. How is your week, what are some highs and lows? What are some things going on? So I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> like this week has been crazy. Uh, uh, Hall, of, Hall so, of Fame game tonight. CLC fun. started today or yesterday for you, Luke. So yeah. A little more of a school rhythm. Yeah. So get back in, get getting back into the swing of things um, as far as um, ministry stuff goes. Uh, so um, the summer wasn't slow and the start of everything isn't slow. So look, look, <laughs> looking forward to uh, falling into a rhythm um, that'll be more regular. And uh, so, yeah, Wednesday was my first day in class. I've got two classes uh, this year again, sixth grade and seventh grade. Really, really excited about that. Um, and then we're starting up youth group this Sunday night. So we would have already done middle schoolers as you guys are listening. And yeah. so yeah. I got together with uh, with our volunteer team last night on Wednesday. Um, and it was just really, really good to have everybody back in the room together. Um, talking through some changes, dreaming up um, what the Lord's going to do in those environments this year. It's, it, it was really encouraging. So cool. But this morning, I am I am big on the coffee. I am, <laughs> I'm a little bit drag dragging this morning. How many cups have you had? This is my second cup. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll probably be three more by noon. By noon? Well, that's only an hour, well, hour and forty uh-huh. minutes yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna, you're gonna be putting some coffee away. Yep. Yep. I think you should give it to the middle schoolers that You're are in your giving it back. Uh, no, you, if you guys pay attention on Sunday mornings, um, some of those middle schoolers like to hit up that free coffee that Mr. Freddie makes. They do. Um, I don't but know is, are much. they really drinking coffee or is it mostly? Putting lots of I, asked, I asked one middle school student um, uh I saw him just working through the creamer. I was like, how many creamers do you put in this coffee? And he's like, seven. Was Was it the uh, straight up half and half stuff or was it like the French vanilla? I think it was the half and half stuff. Ooh. Yeah. That's like not, not great. No. Yeah. Wow. But they, some of those middle schoolers love their coffee, man. Well, I didn't start drinking uh, coffee until I was a college in college. They don't don't love coffee. They love the idea of coffee. Yeah. And so they, they love hot half and half. With some, which is <laughs> like with just a with just a. I wonder if you could. Of, uh, I wonder if you milk. could go order yeah, that or at Starbucks. Chocolate. You can like, order anything go, at Starbucks. Go to Starbucks and say, "Yeah, can I get a cup of hot half and half?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can get. I mean, if you listen to Nate Bargatze, you uh-huh. can get ice with milk or milk with ice. Milk with iced, ice. Iced, iced milk. Coffee whipped cream. <laughs> yeah, whipped cream. <laughs> that's a that's a fun bit. Yeah, if you yeah. listen to that, um, Adam, how's your week uh, been going? What have you done? Uh, weeks busy. Um, had a great meeting with the elders last night, so that was fun. Uh, up here for a couple hours for that. Um, working on messages and uh, excited. I got a new men's group that I'm launching tonight, um, cool. Thursday this week. So just a lot of great stuff going on. Good deal. Uh, very similarly, I will group up with small group leaders on Sunday night. We'll start small groups on the 13th of August. And uh, yeah, one day to- after his 38th birthday. That's that right. Right. Three eight. Two more years in the thirties, which is weird. Mm. Mm. It's real weird. Yeah. You're gonna be. You're gonna be like getting to the point to your midlife crisis soon. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I, so, uh, so Gary Zustiak, one of my mentors, he's got like this uh, Mustang 
GT thing, mm-hmm. and he just put a new racing stripe on it. I saw on Facebook. <laughs> so he's like, he's, he's got to be Does the license plate still say like Dr. Zeus or something? I think something? so. I think yes, so. Yes, I remember That's laughing good. at that every time yeah. I walked by his car. Mm-hmm. And uh, so somebody asked him, it was like, is this your uh, midlife crisis car? And he's like, I couldn't afford a midlife crisis car, so this is like my twilight crisis uh-huh. car or something yeah, like that's that. Great. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Oh, funny. man. Um, but, yeah, similar on a lot of things. Uh, starting CLC today with the eighth graders, so excited for that as well. And then um, my mother-in-law has been in town this last week just watching kids while Sasha and I are doing pre-planning and work. And we've got some good family time. And then my, my mom actually flies in this afternoon, and they're going to overlap like a night. Uh, Marsha will go back to the fight, airport. Fight, fight, <laughs> fight, fight. No, they don't. So funny. Those two women are the least likely to yeah. get in a fight. Uh, oh, yeah. Other, as far 100%. as like mother, mothers-in-law. So funny. Um, hey, we started a new series this week called, as Luke said last week, hashtag. No. Hashtag. Relation, hashtag. <laughs> relationship Hash goals. Hash brown relationship Hash goals. Hash brown relationship. relationship goals. And it's going to be a great four weeks talking about marriage. And as we've said lots, even if you're not married, um, maybe you one day want to be married. Or even if you realize maybe singleness is God's call on your life or what what you have, like it's still it's still a good series to lean into. Um, but it got me thinking, all of us around the table, we are married. And we all started pursuing our wives and got married at very different seasons. And so I would just like to hear what was technology like when you started to date and how did you first interact with your spouse and that kind of stuff? So, Adam, you're the first. Why is that? What was technology <laughs> like? No, I mean, you were the first to date and get married. So you make the dial-up sound. What, <laughs> what was technology like? If you wanted to talk to Jennifer, what did you do? I had to pick up the house phone. It's connected and, to the wall? Well, we had a cordless one. Ooh, all right. Ooh, high tech. High tech. <laughs> and so had to pick up the phone and dial, you know, 358-2199. There you go. Not even no an area, area code. code. I love it. Yep. No, no. Uh-uh. Not in wow. Carthage. You still don't have to do an area code in Carthage. Wow. Think, okay. So. There's not enough. We didn't have to in, in Joplin either. Yeah. Okay. And so I just dialed that number and uh, uh, then hoped that she would pick up. And not Danny or Debbie, and, <laughs> um, or Matt, um, and then uh, that's that's how we would talk. All right. Um, if I wanted to get a note to her, I had to use a real piece of paper and a real pen, <laughs> and then drive up to the high school and uh, leave it underneath her windshield wiper um, on her car. Yeah, because you were like what college freshman, and she was a senior in high school, uh, something like that. Junior, I think. Yeah, freshman and junior. Because okay. I'm two years. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, well, I was a little farther along. Mm-hmm. So yep. when when Sasha and I started to show interest in each other, it was a Facebook friend request from her. First, did you guys poke each other on Facebook? <laughs> no, oh my God. <laughs> we did not do that. That's the most awkward. Well, maybe not the most awkward thing. That was so so weird. I remember, I remember, like my parents let me get Facebook uh, when I was a ninth grader, and I I just like started getting poked by like all my old aunts, and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Weird. (laughs) I don't think they do that anymore, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, So wave. So yeah, we had a a Facebook uh, friend request, and we did messages on there for a while. and we pretty quickly exchanged phone numbers as well. But um, we actually had Skype. So if we wanted a video mm-hmm. chat, we had Skype. That was like a new thing. And so, you know, it's pretty cool. But I'm sure the video quality was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, there's no phone access. So it was Skype mm-hmm. on the computer. And it right. was really bad. Yeah. Because yeah, the front-facing camera on a laptop back then. They're still uh, not great. It was still pretty grainy. Yeah. But... Well, and then the, the speed and all that other stuff that oh, you yeah. needed for all that stuff. Yeah. And all the compression going um, on. But yeah, that was kind of the the technology, uh, 2009 or so. Yeah. What was yours? What was yours like a couple of years ago? Yeah. Years imagine ago, what your technology is like right now, and subtract easy <laughs> access to AI, and that's what I had. <laughs> you know. So, so so who texted first? Was it a text? Um, it was it was some texting uh, first and um all that good stuff, and it, I'm not much of a texter, so I didn't like we weren't like texting each other. Right, sure. You know, stereotypically every day or something like that. But it was just a couple of text messages um, and 
I was interested. Um, I was oblivious to the fact that she was interested, um, but then figured it out. Um, and so uh, we went on uh, our first date was in an empty Texas roadhouse. Um, yeah, because it, it was, was COVID. Like yeah. right as COVID was happening. So you didn't break in. No, we did not break in. <laughs> that would be um, so romantic. Break in and break make in her the, the steak. Texas Roadhouse, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we started dating. And then oddly enough, because, um, you know, everything was kind of weird and we weren't sure what was going on uh, at that point, And everybody's like, hey, you probably ought to stay home. So we like went on a couple of dates. And then George is like, uh, don't leave your house. Mm-hmm. And so we've, <laughs> we were FaceTiming each other at yeah, that point, yeah. you know, so um, we're like, are we, we live 10 minutes apart and we're starting a relationship that's long distance. This is kind of <laughs> weird. Um, but it was fun um, to, to do all of that. Yeah. Uh, communication uh, over even um, not communication. This is a mistake I made early on in dating. Um, it was the summer we've been dating for maybe a couple of months. And I uh, flew out to Colorado to preach at a at a buddy's camp, and uh, I landed in Colorado, and uh, I was in a fantasy football draft with her and her family, um, and landed fantasy football drafts like 30 minutes after I land. I log in. I start doing the fantasy football draft. I finish the fantasy football draft. Tristan is drafting like right next to me, all that sort of stuff. I had not texted or called her uh, that I had landed safely. Uh, <laughs> like I just completely forgot to do that. Rookie and mistake. She was like, um, "Luke, you were in this fantasy football draft, uh, but you never once thought to like, you know, like, hey, maybe call <laughs> me or text me and say, hey, I landed safely or something like that." So I sent her flowers from Colorado that week. Uh, <laughs> so I learned, and uh, ever yeah. since then, ever since then, if I've traveled, the first thing I do after I land is a. Uh, it's a quick little text. So, all right. Technology is for, for Tristan and I. I mean, we started dating in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty similar to three different right seasons, three different guys around this table, uh, seasons of life and things. So, um, kind of gets me thinking this series is going to be helpful, I think, for all of us. Adam, you said in the, in the message, this is some stuff that we're going to be reminded of or we, or we might learn. Um, so, here, here's the question not just this message, the first one of the four, but why? Uh, the series, why do we as a church need to talk about marriage? And then w- what would happen? Just imagine if Corinth Christian had just hundreds of strong marriages. What could it do for the county and the surrounding area? Well, I think that the um, reality is that at some point in our lives, most people end up married. And yeah. we believe, because... Uh, um, we feel like this is what scripture lays out for us. That's supposed to be like for life mm-hmm. and that it's a relationship to be um, enjoyed, cultivated, and that it's a strong testimony of our of our faith in in Christ and, and who he is. And so um, we feel like one of the best things that we can do is invest in marriages. And so generally speaking, uh, last couple of years, what we've been doing has been having those married life um, mm-hmm. uh, what would we call those sessions? Uh-huh. Yeah. And those are super helpful and incredible. And if you're listening to this and you haven't been to them, the next time that it's coming up is in September, September ish. Uh, this is the it's fall. A, yeah. And so you need to go, um, because it's like more in depth than anything we could even do in a, in a sermon series, but also realizing that, you know, we've got close to 750, 800 people here on a Sunday morning. And I think at most we end up with 50 people. Um, right. in a married life event. And so my math's not great, but that leaves a large percentage of people who aren't, yeah. who aren't getting any kind of, mm-hmm. you know, teaching instruction, um, on, you know, like how do we have godly marriages? And so just think that's a huge thing. And it's, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a student who happens to be listening to this, congratulations. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the best thing that, you know, for you is, to, is for your mom and dad to learn how to have a great marriage because, that's going to be modeled for you and those things. So um, healthy marriages are what make a a strong community and make a strong uh, church. And so we need to make sure we're investing in yeah. those relationships. It's a way to live out the gospel as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a pretty powerful illustration in scripture that, you know, husbands should love their wives as Christ loves the church. 
um, and we're described as the bride of Christ. And so yeah. there's all sorts of things there as it relates to Mary. Yeah, because like even over Paul, is it Second Corinthians 7? I mean, that's uh, Adam could be getting a scripture reference wrong here. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's either first or second Corinthians. There's, there's only two. Um, but Paul's talking about marriage and he says, um, you know, this great mystery. I'm, he's like, I'm actually talking about the church. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or is that Ephesians? Either way, it's there. Paul wrote it, and <laughs> and this is like I'm talking about the church and the relationship that Christ has with the church. So it is. It's a, just a fantastic, powerful picture. Yeah. That's a, that's Ephesians five. Is that Ephesians five? Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Yep, you got there. I got there eventually. Got there. Uh, most of what was in Corinthians was all like what was jacked up. <laughs> Okay. Like, right. Hey, you guys are doing things in you marriage can't marry, you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you can't marry your dad's wife. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever uh, been asked a kind of a playful question like that? Like, can I marry my dad's wife? No, no, no I've never been asked question. That. No, no, no. no. <laughs> back, up. back up. Rewind. Back up. Start over. Um, uh, so obviously, like First and Second Corinthians, mainly letters uh, to a church that's pretty jacked up. Yeah. Have you ever been like, why is Corinth? Christian oh. church named after the church that couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the story is, is that, um, you know, the Shellnuts who started the church, um, the, 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 the other congregants were like, well, we should just call this the Shellnut Family Chapel. Uh-huh. Yep. And they're yeah. like, no, I don't think so. Let's go with the biblical name. And then somebody suggested Corinth and they're like, yeah, let's do that. Love it. I mean, how I've used that is, is just almost some encouragement and said that, you know, Corinth was in the Bible. You know, it's a messed up place, but it was still God's church. Exactly. There's still yeah. his people, and we do, we don't get it all right. We nope. make mistakes, and we're still God's church. So one so, of the things right. I love about— We, back, we backtracked. Well, well I'm, I'm, gonna, right. I'm taking you down another road. So we know that there's at least three letters uh-huh. to the Corinthians. Maybe four. Yeah. Maybe four. Yeah. And so I heard somebody suggest is like that the Holy Spirit looked at what, those two letters and how mad Paul was, and we're like, yeah, this isn't inspired. <laughs> So what we have is maybe the, the same third version. Corinthians the, and fourth Corinthians. The first and yeah. second Corinthians that we've got are uh, um, those were the, the email the drafts that were that deleted yeah. on Wednesday. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Luke, uh-huh. you said that a little too strongly. Let's emails that were never bit. sent. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so Luke, as you read through the draft, the the message for Sunday, um, what is encouraging, challenging, insightful? Kind of the same question we recycle every week. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love the priority goal. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that in today's world, even if you kind of understand and know the right priorities, it's hard to, hard to practice them on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. I mean, I just, um, I even shared, you know, uh, one of the times I was up on, uh, in the pulpit this last week that, um, the, the priority goal was literally the, um, the words and and the vows that I gave to Tristan. Mm -hmm. Um, but through different seasons and circumstances and stuff like that, the the priority goal that I knew was actually hard to to live out and to practice. And so, um, I, I love the the reminders uh, and the practical teaching of like, here's how you can actually practice this priority goal, mm-hmm. even whenever um, life gets a little crazy and tough. And so, I, I was really encouraged by that. I love love it, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on that and say um, the priority principle, the priority goal kind of thing. Um, Adam, when you kind of said, men, you're the protector of the priority. Yeah. I loved how strong that was. It gives, it gives men some, just some vision to be the, 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 def- the defender, the strong one who yeah. like, you're a protector here. What are you protecting? It's not just, you know, their physical bodies. If there was an intruder, it's, right. I'm going to protect the priorities. And so right. I think that was good language to use, yeah. um, to, yeah, speak the, into our men. The CPPO. The chief priority protector officer. <laughs> I'm throwing it out. Okay. It doesn't no. work. All right. It doesn't work. work. All right. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, well, yeah. So I, I love that. Just thinking through some of the other things from the sermon, like Luke, you already mentioned the, how the whole thing is just the priority principle, which is probably good that we start there week one. That that's the priority we're going to build our, our marriage on. Um, practically, what does it look like for you all? To pursue God first and your spouse second. So, day to day, what does it look like? Um, I, I think um, for for me, it's it's here we go, the throwing out of this word. Um, <laughs> for me, it's it's the regular practicing of rhythms. Yeah. Like, um, just as far as schedule time goes, I'm going to make sure that there's time in my schedule 
for me to be with my wife every day, but not before there's time in my schedule for me to be with the Lord every day. Mm -hmm. um, and so practicing um, the, the rhythms of, yeah, no, I'm going to make sure that I'm spending time in prayer. I'm going to make sure that I'm diving into scripture and I'm going to make sure that I'm listening to or reading something that's helping me grow. Um, and once all that has happened, um, then, uh, I'll make sure that, you know, Tristan gets the quality time that she needs for me and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's just even practically speaking, a, a scheduling thing. Um, for me, I started trying to do something a little bit different with a schedule. Um, there's a little sheet that a, um, youth ministry veteran, uh, named Doug Fields put together. <laughs> Um, and he's the original he's youth like, minister. He's like the OG. The he's the one that minister. every youth minister came right. after. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Adam probably learned some stuff from Doug Fields, uh, you yes. know, whenever there's no doubt about youth that. ministry <laughs> and I'm still learning some stuff from him. So he's got like this little calendar, um, thing to think about through, think, think through weeks. And it's been really helpful for me to be able to organize my different things. And so I organize rhythms first. Mm -hmm. um, and then family second, and then Did you say think you know, through weeks or yeah, like three weeks. Think what? through weeks. Through. Okay. Think through like think through your week. So okay. like what what it's it's called roles and goals. So like what are your main roles? Yeah. And well, I know that above anything else, I'm a follower of Jesus, right? And because I've prioritized Good. God as first, and so I want to make sure that my goals that come from that are rhythmic goals, right? Right. So what am I going to do that's going to help set me up for rhythms? That's the first thing that gets put on the calendar every week. Right. Um, second thing is family. And then third thing is, you know, work and, and all that sort of stuff. And so yeah. that's been helpful for me, just practically speaking, in order to actually live out the priority goal mm -hmm. is what gets put first on the calendar um, is the rhythmic goals that I have. Yeah. A few things I think we've said before is just, Adam, you've said, you always have time for what you do first. Right. And then we've referenced this illustration before. I don't know if anyone has seen it out there on the Facebook world or anything, the jar with the big, uh, like, marbles or balls or something that's put in rocks. It. Rocks. Yeah. So you put the big ones in first, then the smaller ones, then the smaller ones, and then yeah. in the sand. Yeah. If you start with the sand, though, the big rocks cannot get in. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything to add there, Adam? Practically, what does it look like for you? No, I think that that's, first. I think for husbands and wives, I think that it is just saying, um, going to make sure that my rhythms with the Lord are, are, if those are in place and if those are in rhythm, if they're in check, then other relationships become a little bit easier. They're still hard work. Don't get me wrong, but you know, things flow better and, um, it makes it easier to grow closer to one another. And, and so I think that that's the, um, you know, the, the keeping the Lord as the priority is, is the first thing. And then it moves into that relationship with the spouse. And then it's the, the relationship with the kids. Mm -hmm. and then it's the relationship at, at work. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I think if everyone is honest, we've all had times whenever those, um, even the three of us sitting around this table, I know that we would admit mm -hmm. that yeah. we've had those things out of order. Mm -hmm. And what I find in my life is when those things are out of order, um, I'm out of order and it just, I'm not who I want to be. I've heard it said before. I love, I love this quote that if you, if you go against the grain of the universe, you're going to get splinters <laughs> yeah. right. and, and God created us to be with him. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then kind of the, the same order that you gave, we'll um, maybe talk more about it, but just God and then spouse and then, you know, family and kids and, mm -hmm. and the rest in that order. So um, I love that in the message you brought out the kind of the divorce rate stat. You hear people say that all the time. Mm -hmm. the divorce rate is 50%. Half of all marriages end in divorce, and it's pretty much the same in the church. Well, you debunked that a little bit in the yeah. message. So expound on that. Fill us in. Tell us. Remind us about that. Yeah, so Shanti Felden, I think is how I say her name, a fantastic writer. And uh, she's look a, for women only and and for men only, for men only and yeah. uh, like um, I'll have to look it up. It's like the secret to happy marriages or something of that nature. It's good resources. Um, it's fantastic stuff. Like honest to goodness, um, if you if you are a book buyer and you're like wanting your um, marriage to get better for men only and for women only are both very short books. Um, for women only, well, I'll slow down. Is for women to buy and read. <laughs> And then for men only is for husbands to buy and read. Okay, so just to make sure we're clear there. 
Um, it's not your fuel to tell everybody else what they're correct. doing wrong. It's your fuel to <laughs> to improve yourself. Yeah, is what you're saying, right? Highly happy marriages is the other book. But anyway, she's like a if I remember right, she was like a Harvard uh, based uh, no, it was a Wall Street analyst. That's what it was. And so she was thinking through. Uh, she decided she wanted to start looking at marriages and things. And so in all of her research, she kept hearing this thing. It's like fifty percent divorce rate, fifty percent divorce rate. It's like Actually, that's not not true because kind of like where people get that is let's just use really low numbers. It's like 100 people got married this year and 50 people got divorced. Like, well, it's a 50% divorce rate. Uh-huh. It's like, well, hold on here. Those aren't the same people. And so the statistic doesn't make sense. You've got to look at like all marriages. And so I, I, I right now I'm, my memory is slipping. I can't remember exactly what the percentage was. I think it's around 35%. Um, does that sound right? Is that like what I said? I think it might have been 25, and it was 15% in the church. Yeah, so. That's what you actually said. You said 20 20 to 25%, and then 15% in the church. Yeah. Because 80% of marriages were actually happy. Correct. And maybe not perfect, of course, but functioning and, yeah. Yeah, and so for for me, um, no, I still feel like it breaks my heart that, you know, let's just use the high end, you know, 25% of marriages are still in, in divorce. It's still high. Yeah. Still too much. Yeah, still, it's still too much. It's hard. Still a lot of brokenness out there. And so, but I think that one of the things that goes on is that people think that there's just no hope and that they're not going to be. It, they've got a fifty-fifty shot. You know, it's like to even get married. So why get married in the first place? And so it, it just. I think it's important just to know. It's like that's not reality. Mm-hmm. And the other part I really appreciated is the percentage actually is lower in the church. Yes. Like there's something about the church of Jesus that lowers the divorce rate. Yes. And so as, as that is said, what do you, what do you think just a few of the reasons are like, why is probably because marriage was a gift from God. Okay. Yeah. First comes to mind. Like he gave, he gave that to us um, as a gift. Yeah. And as you've already, and we're looking to Jesus as our leader. Right. Yeah. He gave himself. So hopefully we're doing that too. And and I would say that since it is a gift from God, we look to Jesus as our leader. That means that um, we, I would hope that we look at, and this will be later on in the series. Um, we will look. We look at marriage as more of a covenant, not a contract. Yeah, yeah I was sure. thinking about that same thing. Uh-huh. Like, have you guys ever been to like um, a secular wedding ceremony? I don't know. Um, they feel weird. Um, yeah, I don't know I've been that to I one. Hate. It's they not feel, fully fully yeah. secular, but it's. I've been. I've definitely been to ones that are not as yeah quote covenantal. unquote Christian yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. covenantal as yeah, they yeah. they feel. I don't know, like. The, Icky isn't the right word, but they feel weird. Like they just feel different. Um, Contractual, yeah, casual. Um, yeah. You know, whereas you know, a good Christian wedding ceremony is rooted in the truth mm-hmm. of the gospel, and um, you know, moving forward from there. And so, yeah, even even just that alone, thinking through a you know a secular wedding ceremony versus mm-hmm. a quote unquote religious wedding ceremony, those those even then, like from the get go, make a make a bigger emphasis on the covenant versus the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But I just think that's huge. Yeah. Um, one line you also said, Adam, was being the right person is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and that reminded me of another line that you've uh, used before. I think you got it from someone. I forget who. But be the one. The one you're looking for is looking for. Yeah, it's an Andy, right? yeah, it's an Andy Stanley line. So for all those people that, you know, want to be married, how – how does that apply to them as they listen to this series? Being the right person is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to is looking in and saying, okay, how's my relationship with the Lord? How's my relationship with Christ? Because this is the thing that matters most. And so um, instead of spending all your time trying to go out and find someone, it's, you know, we've got to make sure that our rhythms and all those things are in check and where they need to be um, because. The, the true secret to, to happiness isn't finding completion in somebody else. It's yeah. mm-hmm. through finding our joy in the Lord. Yep. And then, like, um, I, can't, I forget how I said it. I'm trying to find my, my notes. Um, but uh, anyway, it, it's something along the line of if you want to have a happy marriage, you've got to be in this, like, spiritual place to where you, you're happy in the Lord. That's not how I said it in the, in the sermon. I, I'll find it in a little bit. <laughs> but no, that's yeah. good. 
Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. I think, um, you know, I I don't need Tristan to have a good relationship with the Lord, whether that be before mm-hmm. I met her, her or to this day right now, almost married for two years. Like I don't I don't need her to have a good relationship with the Lord. Now she definitely spurs me on and encourages me, and and I'm grateful for that. Um, but because the priority goal is God first, and because that's the most important relationship. Um, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to get that right, whether or not I'm married. Um, yeah. and I think that's huge for those of you who are listening or tuning into this series and it's like, well, I'm not there yet. So this doesn't really apply to me. No, it absolutely does. Whether or not you want to be married, whether or not you don't want to be married, um, there is a right relationship that you've got to pursue before anything else. Um, mm-hmm. because you will truly only find joy and fulfillment whenever you've got a right relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? Nope. Um, but I, you know, I was just thinking one more thing Paul said in the scriptures is talking about like, he was, he was never married. Right. You know? Um, and he actually said, if, <clears throat> if you can do it, like there are some advantages to that cause you're free to do more ministry and <clears throat> all that sort of stuff. So anyway, that's kind of off track of where we were going, but anyway, a few more lines before we go to some application here that just really, really stuck out to me. Um, Adam, you said when they let you down, so like when your spouse mm-hmm. lets you down and they will, what's easy to do if we have made them like their savior, that our yeah. marriage is going to save us, um, it, when they let you down, you will end up tearing them down. Correct. And then the quote, I thought this was great. Just first we idolize, then we demonize. Right. So, uh, you gave a few very practical examples in the sermon, but just mm-hmm. let's, let's remind our listeners again. How does that kind of look in, in normal life? What what ends up happening when we idolize a spouse and try to ask them to do what only God can? Yeah, and so the the kind of the way it ends up working is a lot of the things that attract us to the person at first, we end up just building up. And so it's a, he's so laid back. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. He, he's just so laid back, just easy going. And I just love how he's never stressed about anything. You know, he's just super right. chill. Yeah. And then after seven years of marriage, it's like, he is a lazy bum, you, you, yeah. you know, and he never does anything. And so, yeah. because you've put, you built that up and you, you kind of turned him into, to an idol and it's just like, oh my goodness. So you, you end up tearing it down. Um, it's the same thing on the other side. It's like, you know, um, man, she's, she's driven, she's organized, she gets junk done. Um, she's just a go getter. Oh, wow. She's just passionate about everything To And then after it's. A few years later, it's like, well, she's a control freak. You know, she's a nag. She never lets me do anything I want to do. It's always got to be her way. And that's that we idolize them, we demonize. And it's because we're seeking them first, not mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And so you're putting them into this point and you end up tearing them down because they do disappoint. People will disappoint. Always. Yeah. You know, I, like I try to remind people at least a couple times a year um, just from stage. It's like, hey, just let you know, I'm going to disappoint you. Um, I promise you I'll try not to do it on purpose. Um, but it, it's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just because we're all fallen human beings. And so the way around it is by keeping things in proper order. You love God and then you love your spouse. Yeah. Um, and, and you do that and you make God the one and your spouse the two. So here's a question I wasn't really planning on. Just kind of popped into my head now um earlier you said seven years was there any rhyme or reason to the seven years seven? the seven years like after seven years oh he, i don't know no? i've just always heard the the seven year itch and i've heard things. so yeah my dad said that to me one time i was like what are you talking about seven year itch mm-hmm. um i guess have you ever heard that luke no but so tristan mark it on your calendar <laughs> <laughs> five years five from years now, from now. No, he was just saying no. one time like uh and he was completely kidding when my dad said this to me he's like you got a seven year itch, <laughs> you know, like right. after Sasha and I had been married seven years and he, he just, I guess was kind of casually and humorously warning. Yes. Like, Hey, after a certain amount of time, some things happen, you get into a, a relationship for it's, you know, seven years, perhaps you might get this itch because this person isn't meeting your expectations. So they're not right. good enough anymore or whatever. So in your, in your marriage, Adam, how long? 21, 22, 23, 23. Yeah. yeah, it's the Michael Jordan year, remember? That's right, Jordan, Michael Jordan, Jordan year. Yeah. So what have you seen? Have there been like some mile markers for certain years or decades maybe for our people to, to watch out for? I mean, you still got lots of years of Yeah, we still got left, lots of years to go. But in your two plus decades. So 
one thing, and I, I can't remember the exact number. It's in um, my friend Alan Algram's book. Um, I think it's in his book. It might have been just in the time we were chatting. But um, like research shows that um, the average man will fall in love with um, it's either five or seven different women in his life. Okay. okay. And we were sitting around talking about it one day, and then my buddy Harrison, he's like, man, this is fascinating because um, he's thinking about his wife, Lindsay. And he's like, I just wonder how many different versions of Lindsay I'm going to love. Oh, yeah. Because okay. over the years, it does change. And so I started thinking about it. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, so I fell in love with the Jennifer that I was dating. And so, so when Alan said he'll love five or six yes. different women, he meant the same women five the or research, six times? Well, or? no. What Alan – the research is that the average man will fall in love with five or six different women. Different actual – Actual people, different names, different names, different DNA, all those things. But what Harrison was thinking, like, he's like, I actually think this is true in our marriages. Uh Okay, cool. Um, To where it's like, okay, so I fell in love with Jennifer that um, I met in 1996, 97, fell in love with that girl. Then then I fell in, and then after being married for a few years, it's like, okay, I was in love with, you know, newlywed Jen. And then after that, you know, AJ came along 15 months after we got married. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, I fell in love with first time mom, Jen. Um, then it's like mom, yeah. he, 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 you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so it's just like different versions just going down through there. And so empty nester, Jen, <laughs> now, yeah, now it is it. Now it it's is. like empty nester, Jen. Yeah. And it's, it's, you just go through these things. But, um, I do think that there is something to the number seven and seven years, seven years. Yeah. And so I think that we go through, um, different cycles of just who we are. Like I look back. Yeah. It just chunks of ministry. In fact, one of the things that I, I did, because uh, I entered into my third seven uh-huh. uh, senior minister here at Corinth yep. um, in January. Mm-hmm. So it wrapped up year 14, and so I'm in 15 now. And I was like, okay, so in the next seven years, um, where do I where do I want to go personally? Where do I feel like the Lord is is calling me, calling the church? And I looked back and said, like, okay, first seven years, here's what I think God was teaching me. Second seven years, here's what I think God was teaching me. Here's where I think he's leading me for the next seven. And so I do think that there is something about that number seven and that you just kind of, we become different people. Like, um, it's funny. I can't remember what I was reading. It might've been a Maxwell book, uh, lately and talking about how we underestimate how much we can change. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you would sit down and ask anybody, like I could ask two of you right now, are you the same person you were 10 years ago? No. Yeah, I mean, yes, but no, not at all. No, you're not. Right, the, I mean, no, no you're, you're not. Yeah. And so, but then. And, and praise the Lord that I'm not. Cause exactly. 10, 10 years ago, I was 17 years 17 old. 17 years old. Yeah. You know, I was. Instagram. Uh, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Those Instagram photos. Poking, yeah. I was poking people on Facebook <laughs> yeah. at 17. Yeah. But, and so we look back and go, we are so different than what we were 10 years ago. But for yeah. some reason, we don't believe that we're going to be different in 10 years from now. And so we can change in these things. And so I just think yeah. it's, it's natural that that's what's going I on. Love, I love that. And like I said, wasn't necessarily planning on it. But I think that number seven, maybe that's a practical exercise you can do, listeners. It's just, Straight up. Like every yeah. seven years, take a little retreat together and talk about the, you know, the last yeah. seven years of your marriage and, and look forward to the next seven years. And there's something, I mean, even biblical about that, right? Like there's... Jubilee. Seven, yeah. It's seven, seven days and there's a Sabbath and seven yeah. years and there's. So, so take a year off from being married. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not. No, I think no. All right. So we already referenced um, the priority principle is God first, spouse second, kids third. And that's so important to keep that order in mind. Um, I think we've talked, you know, how we can do that practically. But just as a reminder, especially you dads, um, it's a way that you can pri- uh, protect the priority and make sure those rhythms are in line. So let's take a brief break and then get to the application. And here's the... Do we have an ad? Here's the ad, yeah. <laughs> we have an ad. Adam, you referenced... It's for books, right? You referenced a couple of books in the sermon. And the sermon podcast is brought to you by <laughs> From This Day Forward by Craig Groeschel. And Amy. And Amy. And... Amy. and the Meaning of Marriage by Timothy and Kathy Keller. Those two books you referenced, yeah. and uh, they will be available in the Next Steps resource room or on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Um, 
Any other? If you type in <laughs> Corinth in your car now, yeah, you'll get, get no discount. You'll get zero discount. <laughs> Amazon.com slash Corinth in your car. <laughs> Gets you nothing. Hey, you know, that's actually – this is not actually a bad idea um, just in general. If we put together a little Amazon.com uh, wish list link yeah. you know what? to add some books there to you go. for okay. people to go check yeah. out. I don't know. Promo we, code. We are brainstorming on the fly, live go. for your listen. Anyway. Other resources that maybe didn't make it into the sermon but would be helpful for, you know, to be uh, wedded people or newlyweds or 20-year vets. What what kind of seasons? So for women only and for men only, those are two real short books, and uh, they're they're really, really good. Um, There is another one. Where did my my other email go? You, uh, Josh, you mentioned to be married, and I, I am the closest out of the three of us to looking back on that season. Yeah, sure. Um, and I know you guys are, um, you know, facilitators of this, but Tristan and I did uh, Symbis. Yes. Uh, saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10. Uh, highly mm-hmm. recommend that. And, and there's a book. There's a book, there that a, book goes, it, yep. there's a book that goes with it. There's an assessment. And uh, wh- where I found the most value in that was that it – in a way forced Tristan and I to have conversations that we didn't even think we needed to have or didn't even know existed and stuff like that. And so we discovered a lot about each other um, through those conversations that we hadn't known, even though we had been dating and had been engaged and all that sort of stuff. So and those authors, highly recommend. those authors, it's super fun because his name's Les and her name's Leslie mm-hmm. <laughs> Parrot, Les and Leslie Parrot. And there is some free stuff on Right Now Media as well. Um, yeah. One of the most helpful exercises that I found, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Adam, but in the, in the premarital uh, you know, training stuff is just the practicing of withholds. Right. Uh, we, I actually make my couples do that yeah. in, in session because it's just, I think, such a helpful thing. Uh, so the withhold exercise. Yeah, so the, the withhold exercise is three things uh, that you have withheld saying to your spouse in the last couple days or week. Two of them are positive. And one of them is negative. Mm-hmm. When you say those things, the other person simply says, thank you yeah. Yeah. You know, for sharing. And the third one, the negative one, is off limits to talk about for 30 minutes so you can truly respond with grace and thoughtfulness instead mm-hmm. of reacting in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a way to, yeah, you force those conversations to, to talk about things that you're maybe withholding because what happens when you withhold them, they explode later. So. Well, and yeah, and I think too um, that one of the issues is we often with we end up withholding more praise than we do yeah. criticism. Yeah, and that's why that's on purpose. Yeah. How they yeah. say withhold two positives, yeah, yeah. double uh, the amount of negatives. And and from this day forward, uh, Craig and Amy talk about something similar to this as well. They talk about you know what's something that I have done this week that's blessed you, yeah. mm-hmm. and what's something that I could do better next week to help bless you. Right. So it's a sure. kind of a different twist on. Hey, maybe maybe coach me up a little bit and tell me how I can improve. Love that. Um, Strengthen your marriage is the companion to saving your marriage before it starts, mm-hmm. and that's by Lesson Leslie Parrot yeah. as well. I haven't read that one, but I know the other one's fantastic, so I, I'm sure that that one's yeah. good too. And then there's one other book that's been recommended to me. I've perused it. I have not like sat down and studied it. It's it's not a faith based book, but it's uh, from the uh, foremost relationship relationship expert in the nation. Uh, John Gottman, it's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And our cool. good friend Tim Bolin uh, highly recommends yeah. that book. Cool. All right. Any more uh, commercial time for other resources? For other resources. On marriage? No. <laughs> no. Nope. Good? Cool. That's all right. Uh, yep. So the stat you, you gave Sunday was pretty staggering. Um, you've heard research all over the place. Just give this, it's one in what, 1256 or something like that? 1246, 1246. Yeah. So really low percentage of marriages fail that do these three things together. Mm-hmm. Pray together, discuss the Bible together, and attend church together. So in the last few minutes here, let's just get practical. I know you talked about that in the, the sermon as well. Mm-hmm. But um, let's just talk practically about how we can pray together with our spouse um, how have you guys done that? What would you recommend? Um, how have you found out what not to do? <laughs> Anything like that? Uh, for us, it's in the day. That's that's how we we do that. Is in the day or at the end? end at end the, of the end day. of the day before we go to sleep. Sure. And so, 
um, that's that's how it's worked best for us. Um, is that what? Yeah, we do the same thing every night before we uh, um, go to sleep. We we pray together and we we take turns. So mm-hmm. one night it's me, and the next night it's Tristan, and then one night it's me. And so that's kind of what we've done, um, mm-hmm. and it's been really really good. Cool. Um, I was telling Adam in the in the feedback, we uh, we try to do that as well. But sometimes just the season of life we're in right now, Sasha teaches school, and sometimes she's up late grading and. I am not a night person. And so sometimes I will fall asleep accidentally. So (laughs) actually what works best for us is when we can stay in the rhythm of right after the kids um, are put in bed, um, we'll circle up then and and pray then. Um, And then if if she needs to stay up late or something and we don't go to bed at the same time, we usually do, but sometimes it doesn't. So what I'm trying to say is, it's best rhythmically for us to do it right after the kids are yeah. in bed, you know? Yeah, so makes sense. anyway, the, the point being find your own thing that works. Um, Adam, I loved how you gave some practical advice to, um, especially the men, um, talking about if you, if this is not um, a habit for you, right. start the habit. So remind, remind us of maybe how we can do this just in a way that. Yeah, it's just simple, man. It, it's just simple stuff. I mean, it can just be a simple prayer of God. Just thank you for my wife. And help me to love her, love her better. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Y- you know, yeah. um, and it, that, that's, it, it can start off there. And, um, you know, one of the things, and I love the Groeschel line, um, you know, that the, the secret to it is to keep it short mm-hmm. and to keep it consistent. And so if you miss one day, don't, don't miss, miss two. two. Yep. And so that, that's the key. It's the consistency. You know, we, we have this terrible habit of overestimating how much we can do in just a couple of days and we completely underestimate what happens whenever we do something for weeks, months, years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's the consistency, 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 consistency. It's just keep on plugging on. Yeah. Uh, discuss the Bible together is application number two. So what are, once again, some best practices? Uh, how, how do you guys do this well? Um, how have you succeeded? And how have you learned what not to do? Things like that. Yeah. Um, this, one, this one for is kind of fun, funny. Because it makes me feel uh, smarter than I actually am. Um, but Tristan uh, kind of always makes the joke about how, because I went to Bible college and she mm-hmm. didn't, she feels like she has a, a walking Bible encyclopedia <laughs> that she gets to talk to every day. Yeah. Um, so anytime something comes up in something that she's reading, um, she's really quick to be like, hey, so I was reading this. Can you help me make sense of it? And all that sort of stuff. And sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. And so it's like, I'll put some put some thought into that too. So that one's been fun just to be able to um, use uh, her time to the discuss yeah. and whatnot. But um, she's so encouraging. She's like, you're so smart, Luke. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so I, I think for, for us, and I think I, I, what I'm hearing you say, Luke, like we don't do devotions together. Yeah. We, Tristan right. and I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think maybe every once in a while we've read close to the same thing, but just in like, you know, because mm-hmm. we've got different rhythms, we've got different patterns, we've got different, you know, times that we wake up, we've got different ways that we connect, like, mm-hmm. um, and so, but what we, we try to do and what we do is, you know, Jen will share something that she read or I'll share something that I read and it's just like, oh yeah, did you consider this? I read this verse, you know, like for, for me, um, I'm still in the, um, rhythm habit of, of texting something to the entire family of just like, cool. you know, something that, that struck me that morning or uh, actually right now I'm doing, um, uh, so Groeschel in one of his other books has like, I think he's got 20 verses about our identity, about what the Bible says, God okay. says we are. And so I'm just using those and just, oh cool just grabbing yeah. one of those and, um, you know, just saying, Hey, here's who you are. Here's who you are. And, and today I got to quote Bruno Mars. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Today I don't feel like doing anything. No, oh, it's a okay, treasure. One. That's okay. what you are. Catch a grenade. Ah, there catch was a grenade yeah. for you, and then I'd catch a grenade. <laughs> I throw my hand on a blade for you. Mm-hmm. But you know, those are the kind of things. Now, do you and Sasha do devotions together? Or we do not do them together, but yeah. we likewise love to discuss things. Yeah. She, uh, there's certain parts of the Bible both of us are like smarter than each other on. Yeah. You know, and so your wife knows that Old Testament, man. Yes, she, she does. I mean, Goodness. she's awesome. Yeah. And she teaches it. And uh, I don't preach on the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha. Uh, <laughs> no. So like 
it's just super fun. Um, and w- what I love now as well, she is, um, she's like a middle school Bible teacher. She's teaching a new Testament as well, but she'll talk about just creative ways to do a project or things. And we'll get mm-hmm. to bounce around ideas. So, so yeah, that's fun. Um, I think just once again, find what works for, well, for you. And find so I think, different. so one of the things that, and it took me way too long to figure this out, like for, for a really long time, I felt guilty that, you know, we weren't doing devotions together or, you know, doing those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and no shame if you want to. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like I would hear, you know, these other people, it's like, yeah, we were doing our devotions together and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, man. Really. <laughs> it's easy to guilt trip yourself. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the, the, the thing. And so there, like God doesn't lay out like a thus saith the Lord, here's how to do this. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to understand how you're. Um, you're wired, how you approach things, how your spouse approaches things, and just, you know, going through that thing. God gives all kinds of liberty and freedom in, in how to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And so the, the command from Deuteronomy 6 is just talk about these things. Yeah. Just talk about these things. It, it, it's not a, um, and do it every day at 6.30 a.m., <laughs> you know, over the breakfast table. Yeah. And so I think that that hopefully will give people some liberty. One, uh, so one practice we have as well, um, since I'm the only one at the table with young kids, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean you guys can't talk about verses of the Bible with kids or things like that, but, um, in our better rhythms as well, we try to do something, some sort of Bible reading Mm -hmm. at night, maybe right before bed, um, or we'll go around as a whole family and, and the, the pattern we're in right now is to just do a circle prayer around the room where everybody says something out loud that they are thankful for first Mm -hmm. and then we do another circle uh who are we praying for and so it's neat to hear my kids you know six eight nine um tell god what they're thankful for and tell god what they're praying for and then we'll do that too Um, so yeah you can do that at the dinner table i think is a a great idea as well for you dads and moms Mm -hmm. to to do that as well so that's good. Love it. Finally, um, attend church together. This is where, Adam, you talked about men are to pro- uh, protect the priorities. Right. And so, once again, I think it probably applies here, too. Uh, we we maybe overestimate what God could do in our mm-hmm. lives if we attend church one week, but right. drastically underestimate it if yep. we just make it a pattern to be there every week. Yeah. So, yeah, my, so uh, quoting my mentor, Alan, again, uh, remember he, he said to, to me, uh, just once on a phone call, he's like, you know, the preaching of a sermon uh-huh. may change may change a life, but it's the preaching of sermons mm-hmm. that changes a culture. Uh huh. Yep. And it's attending church once may change your your life. You know, there's there's a chance. Yeah. Um, but it's the the consistent mm-hmm. attendance and week in week out. That's how you. Um, find yourself immersed how you find yourself starting to be be changed by, by mm-hmm. everything because it's the weekend week after week after week yeah i mean <clears throat> it's the old mantra too more is caught than taught mm-hmm. and so i mean i like back at my growing up years i was in church all the time mm-hmm. um i don't really remember <laughs> specifics of sermons right but i, I remember being except I remember, for the ones i did in youth group that's right okay yeah all right just got to get that in there, right? Except in the base, <laughs> in the basement at Villa Heights Christian Church. He remembers every single one of those. I, I loved my youth minister. He was a great communicator. But Richard, I I don't think I remember one of your sermons. I don't remember yeah, a single. But I thing do remember Jeff that Johnson you loved me. Yeah, and that's the point. Exactly, and that's the yeah. point. Um, and so, dads and moms, um, just yeah, that's the pattern you're setting up. So, any sort of like practical advice about how to do that well yeah set um, your alarm for eight o'clock on sunday yeah. mornings yeah, yeah. I, I i do think that you, you've probably heard it said that you know sunday morning church is a saturday night decision yeah and so it's you just you just got to make it you just got to do it i mean that, that's yeah. i don't know how to make it any more simple than that you just do it well i love that you said it's a saturday night decision yeah um, i remember hearing years ago just one of those little life hacks you know like how you should mm-hmm. One of them was you should lay out your clothes uh, for the day the right. next day because yep. there is something called decision fatigue. Yeah. And if you have to make so many decisions, you wear out. And yep. so if you can make that decision the night before, then you already know what you're wearing. Same, same thing. If yeah. you make the decision the night before, I'm going to church. Our family is going to church. Yeah. 
and then it's it's set and it's it's going. So yep. Those set the closeout. Set the closeout for it. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's like it. a if that's like a big stress. I mean, I remember. Mm-hmm. I think my mom did that almost every Sunday night or Saturday night of like, here's what you're wearing to church tomorrow, right. and we would fight then, so we didn't have to fight <laughs> exactly. Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, until we forgot overnight and be like, oh, I gotta wear this. <laughs> oh. But um, but yeah, it, it's just like even lay the clothes out, get everything yeah. ready, just so mm-hmm. it's just like, bam, here we go. Yep. Um. So do those th- three things: pray, do it together, do it, discuss Bible together, and attend church together. And divorce rate goes way down, like yeah. fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Um, bottom line: draw uh, near to God to get closer together. And tell us once again the illustration you, you used. Yeah. So if you imagine a pyramid. And if you've got God at the top, and then you've got me and you at the uh, other ends of the, 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 bottom, the, triangle, corners, the yeah. bottom corners of the triangle, as I grow closer to God and as you grow closer to God, we actually grow closer together. Yeah, that's I a, love great, that. a great thought. Yeah, I love that image. And that's why, like, all of these things that we're saying, like, you know, um, I, don't, I, I don't need to do a devotional with Tristan to grow close to God and close to her. Right. Right. You know, if, if you do great, like not we're, that's not a right you know, ha- a hack at you or anything like that. It was like, I don't need to necessarily do certain things in order to do that. I don't, I don't need Tristan to um, help me pursue God, although she does. And I'm grateful. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am going to pursue God. She's going to pursue God. And because of the result of that, yep. uh, we're going to grow closer together. And I just, yeah. I, I love that. Cool. So the challenge was pretty simple. Pick one, pray Start. together, discuss the Bible together, or attend church together every week. Um, just pick one and do it. And yeah. don't guilt trip yourself about what's past. Just start exactly. something up, you know, right now. Yeah, do it. So um, that's all we got for for that. It's been a, been a good sermon, and we're looking forward to the rest of the series. Um, so you guys want to end with something a little fun today? Always. Adam probably doesn't think it's fun. There's a lot of stuff I don't think is fun. Is it yeah. riddles again? It's not riddles. Oh, praise Good. the Lord. But it is, it is just a few family feud questions because we're talking about family. Okay. okay. So, right. like, all right. survey says. Survey says. All right. So, um, hey everybody, I'm Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Luke, I'll start with you. All right. I played golf with Steve Harvey. No. <laughs> but with a family that was on the family feud. No way. Yeah. Whenever mom and dad were in town, um, we ended That's up fun. getting. So, they were crazy? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a family okay. of educators. He had won like teacher of the year in Gwinnett County. And so they ended up and they ended, uh, they, I think they won $21,000 or something like that for being wow. on the show. So cool. nice. Yeah. Where here in Walton County or somewhere else? Um, we played at Bear Creek. Okay. So I think, um, he's now, he, he's not in Gwinnett County now, but he's in another school district. Cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Cool. They had um, things to say about Steve Harvey. <laughs> Luke, I'll start. I'll start with you. All right, name name something a woman changes that her husband might not notice. Her hair. Her hair is the number one answer. All right. So, but uh, as we speak, Tristan is currently getting her hair done. So I will notice. So you're gonna go home and, and notice. All right. I will. All right. What else? I'm, I'll the the list I printed off only has five on each one. So the top five. Okay. What else you got? Oh, it's a name. If, oh, because I have can, to. I have to clear the board. Clear okay. the board, and now Adam we, wins it if you can. I was so confident coming in with hair. Now I've got to name four others. Um, uh, not a not a tire. Uh, <laughs> her clothes. Our like tire. Her clothes. <laughs> yes, clothes. Okay. This is number five. Um, the uh, house decor, home decor. That is not on this list. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe the arrangement of furniture. That's also not on this list. Okay. Um, golly, I feel like I'm just being really stereotypical with stuff like this, but I don't actually feel this way about my wife. Um, I don't know. Uh, change that uh, a husband may not notice. I mean, makeup? Makeup is okay. number two. All right. Okay. Man. So we have um, two left on this list. And he's got two strikes. And he's got two strikes, so the next one, Adam gets a chance to steal it if he wants. Uh, she'll change her, uh, I don't know, her st- style. 
<laughs> I've already said close. No. All right. So and number yeah. three. All right, Adam. Do you want to try to steal? I'll any try and steal. Two? I don't know if you this is going to be the it. back of that paper. No, I okay, cannot. Um, I don't know if this is in the right uh, lane or not, but I would say her diet. No. No. My list says nails and perfume. Uh, oh, nails and you know. perfume. See, I wouldn't have noticed that. I definitely would not notice the perfume. I would All notice right. the perfume. Yeah. So we're just having fun today, I'm right? Like, yeah. Just really insensitive to smells in general. This one, mm. this one will go to Adam. We're, just, we're not playing the complete, <laughs> honest, like, family feud way where you have to buzz in and stuff. But anyway, we'll just go over to Adam. Um, what might a husband do for his wife to apologize? Whoa. Wait. So he has to... So he has to apologize because he got something wrong. So what does he do, do to make to make? He up? has to apologize. Yes, to he's, her. he's apologizing to his wife because he made a mistake. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, forgot a forgot a date. No, no, no. What? No, what will he do to make up for it? To make up for it. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. would he do? Okay. To make up. I'm for with the bad you now. Okay. Did. I thought we were saying reasons why we mess up. No, no, no. Because um, we're <laughs> yeah. <dumb. laughs> uh, buy flowers. Flowers is number, number one. one. Yeah. Buy candy. Uh, I don't see that one. Are it's, you kidding me? <laughs> it's what you do for Jennifer. You buy her candy. I would buy a diet. Here, I'll Coke. give. I'll give it to you because it says give a gift. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's what you're getting at. Yeah. All right. Okay. But aren't flowers a gift? Um. So flowers and a gift. Um. So what might a husband do if he has to apologize? Um. Those are those are the only two I know how to do. So. Um, <laughs> Um, is grovel? <laughs> grovel is not on the list. Not on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, beg. <laughs> it's X. not on the list. <laughs> um, uh, wash her car. No. That'd be an act of service. So. You want to try to steal it? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking along those lines. Uh, something I don't know. Uh, help her with chore, uh, chores like around the house. Clean something. Yeah, there there you, go. you go. All right. So. I guess, does that mean you have two? I don't know. We're just doing this for fun, right? Yes, it means that I am winning. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what I really like to do. Luke, we'll go back to you since you're the newest newlywed. Name a gift a newlywed couple might receive multiples of. Oh, so like so at you, their wedding? Like, yeah. People give you, okay. you know, more uh, than one. Toaster. Toaster. All right. Uh, I know that what we got, but I know <laughs> that it won't be on the list. Um, so I'm not going to say that. Uh Towels. Towels. He's number one and number two, man. That's what you got, yeah. Um, We'll throw in, like, gift cards or money. Uh, not on this one. Okay, nope. all right. Um, so there's <clears throat> next. Um, Man, what did we get? What did we get? I, I wasn't allowed of the showers. Um, I just stuff magically. But it's in your food. house. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Silverware. Dishes, yeah. Dishes. All right, that's number three. Okay. Um. Pillows. No. Sheets. No. That would be two X's because I got <laughs> All right. You got two options on this one, Adam. See if you can steal it. Uh, I mean, I would like – it's some sort of an appliance, but it would be like maybe a blender. A blender. Ooh, there Adam takes it. All right. So let's uh, – Ours was a, was a pizza stone. Oh, okay. I think we got five or six pizza stones. Hey, that's a, that means you can have a great night. And it, we love our pizza stones. Yeah. It's amazing. Stones. Stones. They're great. All right, we'll end. We'll end with this one. We'll see if Adam can even up the score. And is this for twenty thousand dollars. For twenty thousand dollars. All right. Don't worry. There is nothing awkward on this list. Okay. You'll know when I say the question. <laughs> the and it's not Family Feud. Listen, we well, uh, we are grateful that you set us up to say that because we might have said the awkward thing. It's not. It's this is a family podcast. All right, so everything you can say is appropriate here. Name something you and your spouse might share on a date. Um, let's see. A drink? Is that too, too, uh... Uh, a meal. Okay. Yeah, a meal. Um, a dance? Ooh, no. That's a good one, though. That's a good, good guess. I mean, I don't good answer. Dance. Good answer. I don't dance. <laughs> um, let's see. I might share on a date. An umbrella. <laughs> That's really specific. It is no. very specific. So, I'm going to help you out one time. I saw you and Jennifer on, well, not on your last date. The last time I went out, I saw you on a date and you were sharing this. Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Where did we see you the other day? I don't know. Where was I? <laughs> I, was, uh, I don't we were remember. watching the movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, popcorn? Popcorn. All right. Okay. That's your freebie. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we got drink and popcorn. Is that all I got? That's all you got. And I got three others to go. Might share on a date. Um... 
A seat. A seat? No. No. You should. <laughs> Sit a little closer. <laughs> what is, is that? It? Two strikes? No, that's three. Four, that's, that's three. That's three. three. All right. I so could Luke, probably do four or five strikes. Luke, see if you can take. I got three choices left here. Something you and your wife might share on a date. Oh, I know one. Feelings. Feelings? I mean, mm, no. A kiss kiss is one. That's what it is. I was wanting to say that, but you stories. The whole you can't say anything. Hey, a kiss is appropriate. A kiss is not. I know. Come on, man. Dessert was the other one. Dessert and stories and a kiss. Stories. All right. So there we go. Family feud. All right, so invest in your marriage. Um, Be here next week for part two of Relationship Goals. And, uh, yeah, we hope to see you. So it's been a good week, and we love you. We like you. Have a great one.